the opportunity to bring your word today. I thank you that it's the incorruptible seed. It's always causing us to grow. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are watching online, those that are listening by podcast. Lord, I pray for all those in the house right now that you would give them ears to hear, that you would give them hearts to receive, and you would give them boldness to declare the word that they're going to hear today in their life. Lord, that this series that we're in about building faith foundations wouldn't just be something we talked about, but that we're people of action. We're doers of the word. And so, Holy Spirit, today nudge us encourage us, motivate us, empower us to walk this out in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We are in week two of our series entitled Faith Foundations. And if you missed last week, we we put all the the sermons on the website. You can go to our YouTube channel and you can catch up there. Give you a little bit recap last week and then I want to jump into today's message. Last week, we started with the concept of the thought that the quality of your life is determined by the foundations you use to build your life upon. The quality of life that you're experiencing today is determined by the foundation you set yesterday. And the quality of life that you and I will have over the next 5 and 10 and 20 years is simply a a, a reflection of the foundation that we placed in our lives, in our marriages, our relationships, our finances today. Everybody say today. Say today. I'm building. Today, I'm building a foundation of faith in my life. I really believe that. For the next few weeks, we're talking about creating a foundation of faith in our life. And that covers our marriages, our finances, our relationship, our health. You can apply this foundation to any area of your life. And last week, we defined faith simply as believing God's word is true, no matter what any other information source may reveal. I love this definition that our founding pastor gave us many years ago. It's, it's believing that God's word is true. That's part of it. But it's believing God's word is true more than anything else that might try to talk to our ears. Including friends, family, the news, the media, persuasion, politics. It means that God's word stands above all else. I grew up in a house where when we would ask questions of our parents, my dad's his, his, his automatic response was, well, what does the Bible say? And I hated that. <laughs> well, so-and-so said such and such, and he would say, that's great for so-and-so and such and such, but what does the Bible say? And I want to just encourage you, take the Word of God for your, your divine source of true power and truth, and guess what? You will stand on a sure foundation. And last week we began talking about the first building block of the foundation of faith, and that was hearing God's word. Everybody say hearing, hearing. brings faith. Hearing. We looked at Romans ten seventeen that says faith comes by hearing. Everybody say hearing, hearing. and hearing by the word of God. The more that we hear the word of God, the greater our faith grows. I didn't get to talk about this a lot last week, but your faith is truly like a muscle. The more that you work it, the stronger it gets. How do we work our faith? We work it by putting God's word in our ears, in our eyes on a daily basis. And guess what? Our faith begins to grow. It begins to come to us. 
We talked a little bit about the woman with the issue of blood last week. When she heard of Jesus, the Bible said that faith in that moment came into her ears and caused her to step out and say something and do something that she couldn't do in her own power. She did it in a foundation of faith. Everybody say foundations are important. You have to hear God's word before you can believe it in your heart. But then as you believe it in your heart, you begin to see. Everybody say see. see. I like this interactive thing we have going this morning. Thanks for, thanks for participating. Then you begin to see your situation differently, not through your natural eyes, but through the eyes of faith. The second building block that I want to talk about today is seeing the unseen. Once you've heard it, faith has come into your life. And what it does is it creates an image in your heart. The more that you hear God's word, it eventually turns your hearing into seeing. Everybody say seeing. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. Everybody say evidence. evidence. It's the evidence of things not seen. When faith comes into your ears and it's deposited in your heart, it creates a picture of what could be that most people with their natural eyes cannot see. It is the substance, it's the evidence. Faith is the evidence. That word that you heard, it's evidence that God's going to do it. That word that you heard preached and it came into your ears, it creates an image inside of you that some other people can't see. But for us, we see it with the eyes of faith. Faith sees the end result before it can be seen in the natural realm. I like what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says. This is a standard verse for us at International Family Church. It's one that we've been standing on for over 40 years. And it says, for we walk by faith. Oh, you guys like that one. For we walk by faith and not by our. We walk by faith. Every day that me and you walk this life out as believers, as Christ followers, as we follow him, we're following him in a life of of faith. And we're not walking out the faith based on the natural things that we can see. We're walking out faith based on the things that we heard that were deposited in our heart and now have created a mental image of the promises that God has given you and I as believers in Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, we talked about the resurrection power. And when you receive the resurrection power, it gives you access to things that are not seen by natural human beings. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not natural. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're super. You're supernatural. You are a supernatural being. And so as we live this life on this earth for the amount of time that we're here, I want to encourage you to stop looking at everything through the natural eyes and begin to see them through the eyes of faith. They aren't what they say they are. They're not what they seem to be. You are created in the image and likeness of God. And when you hear the word, And 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 you hear it over and over and over. You can't hear the word over and over without it giving you a clear picture of who you are in him and what belongs to you as you follow him. For we walk by faith, not by what we see. Listen to this. God designed his word to create an image in your heart. 
His words paint pictures and develop images on the inside of us. And when we meditate on his word and allow the Holy Spirit to join in with our reading, he, the Holy Spirit, will use the word like paint to create a picture or an image of what God is saying on the canvas of your heart. I'm a, I'm a visual person. I, I'm, I'm, I, like, um, I like art. I like images. I, at one point, I thought, man, I'm going to be a graphic designer. I, just, I like seeing things because they speak to me. It's one of the reasons I like antiques or, or junk. I, I see the potential that other people can't see with their natural eyes. It excites me when someone says, look at that piece of trash. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at that golden treasure. And guess what? That's what happens when you feed the word on your life. What you used to call trash, you now begin to see as treasure. What you used to think of as your past and getting away from that, all of a sudden your visual sense to see the future that God has for you. The more that we spend time in his word, the more pictures he can paint of his goodness in your life. Many years ago, I was in Bible school with one of my best friends is his name is Dustin. He's been here many times. And Dustin and I were at Bible school and really felt like the call of God was calling us to the mission field. And at that time, we had both traveled overseas a little bit and done some missionary work. And Dustin had this dream to, to preach some crusades. He'd gotten in God's word and he had recognized his calling to, to go to the nations and he had prepared himself when he was stirring himself in the word just on a daily basis, feeding himself, feeding himself, and feeding himself. And it began to create a picture on the inside of him that most people would have said is impossible for him to do. One afternoon we were sitting around our apartment and I was watching TV or flipping through the channels and Something crazy happened on the TV, and, and I, I yelled at Dustin. I said, did you see that? And he said to me with his eyes closed, he said, shh, I'm about to give the altar call. And I said, excuse me? And he said, would you be quiet for just a moment? I'm about to give the altar call. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the golf match. Did you see that guy swing? And he said, no, no, no. He said, he said, I was just thinking about what I've been reading about. And just in this moment, he said, I just for a moment, he said, I just saw myself in India standing before thousands of people. And before you rudely interrupted me, I was about to give the greatest altar call that those people had ever heard. And I began to laugh as you did. Thinking, that's so silly. You're this little guy from Spokane, Washington. I started to see him through my natural eyes and all the things that I knew about him. You know, it wasn't that long later that Dustin sold his house and sold his car and quit his job. And he bought a one-way ticket to New Delhi, India. Because there was a dream inside of him so big that he couldn't stay where he was because he had been hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and an image of him preaching the gospel to the masses had now become a reality. See, when you spend time enough in God's word, it will cause you to do things that you couldn't see in the natural that you can only see in the spirit realm. I say this every week as I pray for you and 
as we prepare to, to teach God's word, I ask, Lord, give them ears to hear and give them eyes to see. Give them an open heart to receive what you want to show them today. It's not a cliche prayer. It's that I really want you to be able to hear the word of God for yourself so that you can get an image on the inside of you of who he's called you to be and where he's called you to go. The greatest accomplishment of any pastor would be that everybody in the congregation reaches their full potential. That they hear the word of God in due season for themselves and it paints a picture big enough and bold enough that they begin to step out and do something with it. I was thinking in 2000, I woke up early this morning and I was thinking about all these thoughts of different times that images have come in my heart and I remember coming here in 2013 for the New England Women's Conference. I wasn't attending, I was just bringing my girlfriend at the time and my mother was here and I went to hang out with Pastor, Pastor Mo and Pastor Jonathan but I remember being in this building and I was like, oh, I like this building, this, this feels good. Like it just felt good in here. And then in 2014, I came back and visited. And I was sitting here on the front row. And as worship began, I, I kind of looked around. And I was like, man, I like these people. I like, I like the heart of this house. Like, this feels good. It seems good in here. And then in 2015, I visited multiple times. And every time that I would visit, it was almost like I could see myself here. Not as the pastor, but as a husband, as a father for a little boy. I thought, man, this would be a great house to, to raise a family. There's a spirit of faith in here. There's some international folks that I love in here. There's, there's generations here. There's, there's a, a, an environment of worship here. Like I, I told my wife, there's, there's something happening there. And I began to say out of my heart, based on what I heard Pastor Jonathan preaching, I started saying out of my heart what I began to say, what I began to see, and that was I could see myself here. When you can see yourself in a different place, it will cause you to do something that you couldn't do before. My prayer is that through the series that you would hear something that would give you a mental image or an image in your heart of something beyond your normal ability to see. That you would see your relationships restored in Christ Jesus. That you would see your financial situation uh, rectified and, and profitable. I, I pray that you would see your children coming home and answering the call of God on their life. My prayer is that as you hear the word of God over the few weeks, that, that you would see your physical body healthy and whole, that your mind is restored, that you have the mind of Christ. Because here's the thing, once you get an image on the inside of it, man, you're halfway there. Feeding the word creates a mental image on the inside of us. Faith coming into your life so you can see your life the way that he sees it. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says, For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. To the natural eye, Calvary looked like defeat. But Jesus had joy because he saw the end result beyond the torture of the cross. He knew that he would defeat death and come out victorious three days later. How did he have joy stepping in? He knew the end result. The disciples were sad because they couldn't see it. As much as he tried to explain it and, and, and talk to them about what was getting ready to happen, they just couldn't see it. But he saw it on the inside before it ever took place. And so he endured the cross with joy because he saw the end from the beginning. 
Listen to me. Getting a hold of this truth right here. This, this one truth out of all four steps that we're going to talk about will revolutionize your life as a believer. Because everything that your physical eye can see is subject to change. And Jesus proved it in his own ministry over and over. In Matthew 14, we find the story of, of the 5,000 men and women. And according to the physical eyes that, that were seen that, that, that nobody could be fed with five loaves and two fishes. But Jesus proved that was subject to change. In John 11, according to what the physical eye could see, Jesus was too late and Lazarus was too far gone. But Jesus proved again that physical eyesight is subject to change. In Mark chapter 10, it says that according to what the physical eye could see, blind Bartimaeus would have spent the rest of his life begging in darkness. But Jesus, once again, proved this was subject to change. Listen to this. Hearing God's word will give you an image of what's possible with the eyes of faith. So let God's word instead of the evening news form the image on the inside of you. Let God's word instead of your past form the image of your future. Let God's word instead of people's opinion form the image of God. Let God's word instead of a negative doctor's report form the image of healing and wholeness in your body. Let the image of God be created through the hearing of his word. You say, well, I can't see it. You just haven't heard enough. I'm not being a negative Nancy and I don't want to offend anybody today. But if you can't see it yet, you just haven't heard enough yet. Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. That's a proven truth in God's word. It's, it's, it's a staple of our Christian walk. Listen to me, if it hasn't manifested yet in here, just keep the earbuds in. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep the buds in. Keep the buds in. Keep those muffs over your ears. Keep the word coming and coming and coming in your ear. Because here's the thing, the more that you hear, the bigger that picture gets, the brighter, the bolder, the clearer. I remember seasons in my life where I didn't have the complete picture. But things begin to, like I, I start to see a little bit in there. What was it? I could see myself out of debt. Someone said, amen. amen. Listen, I don't know about you, but when I was in debt, I saw a picture of deficit in here all day, every day, morning, noon, and night. It was a cloud that hovered over my head. But here's the thing, when I began to, and my wife and I got an agreement, and we began to put the word of God in our ears and hear his word and stand on what we're hearing and hearing that God wants to supply all of our needs and that he's caused us to be more than conquerors, that we're called to be the lender and not the borrower. My faith got stirred. <clears throat> and I saw a picture on the inside that I was an overcomer, not an underachiever. I saw myself, instead of having to say, hey, can I, can I borrow some money because we're in a tough spot, to me being the guy that said, hey, do you need some help? What did it do? It created a mental image on the inside of us. When I was 18 years old and I was sick as a dog laying in my dorm room, and the doctor said, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you need to quit school and you need to get home. I began to hear the word of God that I placed in my life as a little boy. And it began to create this image in me that, hey, you are the healed of the Lord. With long life, you will satisfy me. 
These scriptures begin to create a picture of me. Not laying in some bed, but me out playing golf. Me out riding motorcycles. Me doing the things that I love to do. And that image is the thing that caused me to begin to speak God's word. Meditate on the word and see yourself as God sees you. Listen to this. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Whatever he gets, you get. You are a winner. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You're blessed, you're healed, you're prosperous. And the angel of the Lord encamps around you and delivers you from all evil. How can you say that? Well, I, I'm not just saying it. I can see it. How did you see that? Oh, I, I fed myself with the word of God in my ears, in my eyes, and my faith grew strong. I saw myself living out these principles. See, faith sees the impossible. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.13, I believed and therefore I have spoken. I believed, I heard it, faith came to me. And I believed and because of my hearing, I saw a picture of it and then I began to say what I saw. Listen to this. After hearing the word of God, we've already declared that, that faith comes to us. And then when faith comes, it creates a clear picture. And then when you see that image, the next step is you begin to speak what you see. The third building block in our foundation of faith is speaking God's word. You've got to hear it. You've got to see it. And then the next step is you've got to speak it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 and 35 says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man or woman brings good things out of the good stored up in him or her. And an evil man or woman brings evil things out of the evil stored up in them. Listen to this. When we fill our ears with the word, we begin to see our lives the way God sees us. And the next step is to release our faith with our mouth. I like to call this catch and release. I went fishing in California one time, and it was a catch-and-release stream. In fact, it was a stream that they were so adamant that you catched and released the trout, you weren't allowed to use barbs on your hooks, which made it so much harder to catch the fish. But it's the same way with the principles of God and how we catch faith in our ears and we release faith with our mouth. I'm telling you right now, this principle is the principle between life and death. This principle is the principle between a divorce and a restored marriage. This is the same principle that goes from you being broke to you being supernaturally prosperous. This is a principle that if you apply this, catch it and release it, you can go from the deathbed to dancing a jig in church on Sunday. You can go from having no friends to being the most popular man on campus. This principle of faith applies to anything and everything, anywhere and everywhere. Catch the word and hear it in your heart. And then take that word and begin to declare it or speak it out of your mouth. Last week I talked to you about my crazy parents and how they made us listen to tape reports. And every week we had to listen to one cassette tape of teaching by somebody that was teaching faith that we admired. And every week we had to write a one-page report and we had to turn it in before Saturday before we could ride our little mini bike. It was a horrible childhood. 
And today I want to tell you that's just the tip of the iceberg because it gets worse. Not only did we have to listen to a tape report every single week, one hour of the word going in and us writing that report, is that every single day, everybody say every single day of his life, I had to confess the word. Got quiet in here. Not only did we have to hear the word once a week for an hour, every single day we had to confess God's word. I brought you one of the little confession books that I've had since I was eight years old. And it's called God's Medicine by Kenneth E. Hagin. I've worn the cover off of it. I'm sure there's pages missing. But every single morning, listen to me, before school, or in the summertime before we were allowed to go outside and play, we had to read these confessions out loud, loud enough to hear ourselves saying them. I had this book, and then we had God's Creative Power, which I've worn out many of them now, and now I have God's Creative Power, the the gift collection, and it has scriptures in here on my future, on my mind. On my relationships. It has scriptures about my finances. It has scriptures about health and wholeness. And every single morning before my parents dropped us off at school, the last question that they said before we got out of the car was, did you do your confessions? And 98% of the time it was, no, we did not. And in the car line in middle school, my dad would throw the car in park. And he would kick the seat back. And he'd open up the glove box and he'd say, here's your confession books. And me and my brothers and my sister would have to declare God's word in the back seat of that stinking station wagon with everybody else behind us honking at us saying, hey, move it on, come on. Talk about embarrassing childhood. It didn't matter where we were. The question before the day started was, did you do your confessions? And it was confessions as simple as, I am the body of Christ. Satan has no power over me. I overcome evil with good, for greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling, because angels have been given charge over me. What does that mean at eight years old? Nothing. What does it mean at nine years old? Probably not that much. But what they were doing was they were taking the principles of catch it and release it. And they were helping us to build a foundation for 25 and 35 years and 45 years later that would be an unshakable truth in our life. I'm going to say this to you right now. It's our responsibility as parents to make sure that our kids are confessing the word. Number one, they have to hear it, but then they need to begin to confess it at an early age. The earlier, the better. My hunter is on the front row. Every day we do confessions with Hunter. And he doesn't like it. And I'll say, Hunter, repeat after me. Today's going to be a great day. Because God lives inside of me. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, teach me. Help me keep my hands to myself at school. Help me keep my mouth closed when it's not time to talk. Help me to learn everything that you need me to learn today. And then at night, every single night, Hunter has a personalized confession. Stephanie wrote just for him. And Emmy, our three-year-old, she has a personalized confession chocked full of the word. 
that she's speaking over her life. What are we doing? We're helping train our children to speak the word, to lay a foundation that will be unshakable down the road. We're teaching them to trust the word of God above any other information source may reveal. Confession means to declare a thing. Declare a thing in order to establish or confirm it. When you speak the word of God, you bring it to pass in your life. I like what R.W. Schambach said. He said, if God said it, he'll do it. And if you say it, he'll bring it to pass. Hear that again. If God said it, he will do it. But if you say it and declare it, he's obligated to bring it to pass. We're in a partnership with him. We're not just hearers of the word, but we declare the word. And guess what? Things begin to change in our lives. So let me ask you this. What are you speaking over your life? What are you confessing over your life? Because whatever you're speaking over, your marriage, your finance, your kids, your wife, your health, your wealth, that's who you are. That's the foundation of your life. Whatever you're confessing over your life is creating one of two things. It's either creating faith or it's creating fear. So what are you asking? What are you saying over your kids? Stupid little punks, man. I can't wait till they get out of the house. There's people that talk that way over their kids. Because their kids tell me, my parents think I'm stupid. Well, how do you know that? Well, they've said it. I've heard them saying it. And you're building a foundation that they're stupid in their life. And then you're angry because they don't succeed in life. Your words are creative forces that have the ability to change a trajectory of some kid's life. What are, you, what are you saying over your marriage? I talked about this last week. Get away from the guys that are gossiping about their wives because you'll instantly find yourself gossiping about your wife or husband or fiance or boyfriend or girlfriend. What are you saying over your finances? This is a big one because it's easy to say, oh, there's a lot left. There's a lot of months left at the end of this check. We never have enough. You have to get another job. What you say over your finances is an indicator of the foundation of your finances. What are you saying over your physical health, your mental health, your relationships, your jobs, and your future? The words coming out of your mouth are indicators of the image in your heart. It's very easy to locate somebody in their faith. Pastor Tom's been doing this for 40 years. You can have a 15-minute conversation with somebody, and in 15 minutes we can locate where their faith is. Who do you think you are? No, it's very simple. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when you meet with somebody and they're grumbling and complaining and they have nothing great to say, it's easy to say that they don't have a foundation of God's word in their life. It's also true on the other side. When you meet people and in the physical, it looks like, man, their world is being rocked, but you talk to them and they say, I'm going to make it. I've been here before. God showed up last time. Yeah, this looks dim and dull, but but man, my God, he's so much bigger. He's always been faithful. And and I stand back and I say, I can agree with that. The words coming out of your mouth are an indicator of the image of your heart. 
Also a telltale sign if you've been hearing the word of God or you've been putting something else above God's word. Listen to this. For faith to work, it must be in two places, the heart and the mouth. Your heart meditation and your mouth confession, they go hand in hand. One won't work independently of the other. I like this statement I'll give you. My dad gave me this growing up, and he lives by this. I live by this, and it is this. What you say is headed your way. What you say is headed your way. Your your words are like a magnet, and they draw forth what comes out of your mouth. I was thinking about uh, uh, different times in my life where my words changed situations. In 2000, I was living in Mexico. I was living in Oaxaca, which is way down South Mexico. And I was teaching in a Bible school five days a week. And then in the afternoons, I would take a break and I would go surf for a couple hours. And then I'd have dinner and I'd get in the back of a pickup truck and we'd go way, way up in the mountains. And, and I'd get up there about 8 o'clock at 9 o'clock at night and I would preach to the Mesteco Indians five, six, seven nights a week. This went on week after week after week, teaching the Bible school early in the morning for four hours, eat some beans and eggs and take a break and go surf for two hours and come back and pray and get ready for the night services and then have a little bit of dinner and then get in the truck and drive up these crazy roads up and to preach to the Indians. And after about 12, 14 days, I was exhausted. And I began to say to my roommate, my Bible college friend, I'm so tired, man. Man, I'm tired. I'm tired, man. I woke up this morning, I'm just tired. <laughs> we get done surfing and he'd say, you're tired, aren't you? And I'd say, oh, you have no idea how tired I am. And we'd get in the back of that pickup truck and it would be the bumpiest roads. I mean, you had to hold on to just stay in the back of that pickup truck. And half the time I was half asleep. I was so tired. And a friend of mine, she'd emailed me and she had said, hey, how you doing? How's the trip? How's it going? Tell me a report. And I emailed her back. And I said, I'm just so exhausted. I'm so tired. I don't know if I can stay the full time that I committed to. She said, Josh, put a rubber band on your wrist. And every time you get, feel like you're tired, stretch that rubber band and allow yourself to remind yourself you're there on assignment. You need to stretch yourself. But then she said, stop saying you're tired. It's like revelation knowledge, like dummy. Here you are teaching in the Bible school about confession. And you find yourself so tired. That next morning I woke up and I began to take the word that I had heard in my ears. That had given me a mental image on the inside and I began to declare it out of my life. Out of my mouth, over my life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My strength is renewed like the eagles. I'm on assignment here, and so I have supernatural power to get through the assignment. I begin to to declare scriptures like I can do all things through Christ who is in me. He gives me strength. Greater is he that lives on the inside of me than anything in this world. You know what? It was not even 48 hours. I was like the Energizer Bunny. Let's go, let's go. Can we go to the next village? Can we put some more time for surfing in? It was almost like I had been renewed. I had. I had. I had taken the word that I heard, and I saw the picture of strength, and I began to declare it out of my life, out of my mouth, over my life, and strength came. What was I doing? I was feeding my faith and releasing it 
with my mouth. I'm going to stop right here and we'll pick up here next week because I want to continue talking about the power of confession. To me, this is one of the most undertaught things in the body of Christ right now. And that is when you hear God's word and it begins to create a picture on the inside of you that you actually have been given authority to take that word and declare it over your life and the life of others around you. It's a supernatural force that we are the only ones that have it. Everybody else is seeing things through the natural eyes and then they begin to speak what they see and guess what? Their fate is sealed. Humanity is led by their sight without Jesus. Without a power of the resurrection inside of them, they see things as they are. I want to tell you this, as believers, we're called to have divine perspective. Me and you don't see everything as a level playing field. We're looking at it from up here as God looks down and says, it looks like it can't change, but from up here I can just move this piece over here and I can change that doctor's report and I can move these finances around and I can take that paperwork and move it to the top of the stack. And I can bring this person into their life and I can take these people out of their life. Because guess what? There's no time with God. Remember this. You're a supernatural being. Stop looking at what it says on the outside. I don't care what your credit report says. My realtor's here. I bought a house with zero credit. Why? Because I saw myself in that house saw myself in that place that God had prepared for us that we had prayed for and spoken in the natural it seemed like oh no no you, you can't, you're not going to be able to get a home you have no credit well that's what you say but God says that he already prepared a place for us and it's filled with great things and so we began to declare that over our life and I'll tell you this it was the smoothest transaction we've ever had in our life people would say that was a miracle no no, no, no. It wasn't a miracle. Listen to me. It wasn't a miracle. It was me walking out the faith foundation that God had placed in my life. It was me taking God at His word and hearing it and seeing it and then declaring it. I don't know what your situation is today. I don't know where you're lacking faith or where you need faith or what you need to change or what the natural's telling you, whether it's in your marriage, your kids, your finances. I don't care. If you take these principles, and you catch the word, plug it in your ear, it'll drop in your heart. And you'll begin to see something differently than everybody else. And you won't be able to stop talking about what you see. You won't be able to be quiet about it. And all of a sudden, you'll find things changing. And people say, that's a miracle. And you'll say, it really isn't a miracle. A miracle is a divine act of God that takes you out of the equation. I just partnered with God, and I did what he said I was supposed to do. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. I preach myself sweaty today. Thank you for listening. I'll, I'll pick right back up here to this next week and we'll continue to talk about confession and then we're going to move into acting on your faith, the final building block. The Bible says that we have to hear of Jesus and believe in him and then 
If we see that image on the inside of us, we can call out on him. And we shall be saved. Listen to this. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Romans 10, 9 says, The message concerning faith that we proclaim is if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Every head bowed and every eye closed. No matter what situation you're facing right now, God wants to change it. Today you've heard the message of God's for you. He's not against you. He, he wants you to win. He wants you to overcome. Faith came today. Believe it in your heart. See yourself as saved. And today if you declare that out of your mouth, the Bible says that you've been transferred from death to life in one moment's time. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, take just a minute. I want just to invite you. I want to pray a simple prayer over you. All across this room and online, wherever you're watching from around the world, there's a prayer team waiting to pray with you today. The greatest act of faith is, number one, accepting Christ. If you're here today and you say, man, I have never accepted Jesus, but I want to. I believe that he was raised from the dead and I want him in my life. All across this room, right where you stand, just put your hand up and put it right back down. Yes, sir. I see you. You say, pray for me. Yes, ma'am, I see you in the back. Pray for me, Pastor. I need Jesus today. I, I need to know that my sins are forgiven. I see you guys. Yes. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. The Bible says if we profess him before men, he'll profess us before the Father. The greatest decision you can make today is believing in Jesus, put, putting your trust in him and in his word. Anybody else, you want to join these few that said, hey, I want, I want Jesus today. Just put your hand up, put it right back down on the... On the, on the website right there, on the mobile app, just let them know, yes, ma'am, I see you. Just let them know right there in the chat box, hey, I want to pray. Somebody pray with me. I need Jesus. Let's do this together as a family. We're a family church. Let's, let's all say this prayer together. I want you to declare it out of your mouth. Say, dear Heavenly Father, today I declare Jesus as the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Today... I turn from my past. I'm focused on my future in you. I believe in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. So today, I could be rescued. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.